0: This is the Sanctity of Life Sunday, and we need to be in prayer for uh, God to move across our nation to uh, save from death countless children that are being aborted. Also, uh, tomorrow is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and uh, we're thankful for uh, the work that he and others have done to, to bring about Uh, more freedoms and we need to pray that uh, there will be even more improvement because certainly uh, we're not done. So lots to pray for. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today for your great love. We thank you that we can join together freely to do that. We pray for those who can't. We pray for those who are being questioned because of their new faith in you protect them, help them to remain firm, and protect those who are seeking to share the love of Christ with those around them. Lord, we pray for our nation on this Sanctity of Life Sunday. Pray, O Father, that you would work in the hearts and minds of people, of leaders, of uh, judges, of doctors, nurses, and, and so many, Father, that lives will be protected that lives will not be taken through abortion father nor we do pray for our nation we pray that justice will prevail we pray that those who follow in the footsteps of of dr king will uh, be led by your wisdom in knowing how to to fight for ever increasing freedoms and dignity for individuals Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your protection. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Capernaum was a medium-sized, small-to-medium-sized village on the, near the north shore of the Sea of Galilee in Israel at the time of Jesus. Jesus adopted Capernaum as his hometown, of course, born in Bethlehem. Uh, grew up in Nazareth. And then during his ministry, he made Capernaum his home base. This fulfills scripture. For instance, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 through uh, 16, it says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in darkness, saw a great light, And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. Certainly Jesus was the light in Galilee and other places he went. Capernaum did uh, become his home. Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 says, Gathering into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. So, Capernaum was called his own city. Mark 2 verse 1 says, When he had come back to Capernaum, so that was his base. He came back there. Uh, when he had come back to Capernaum, several days after it, it, was heard that he was at home. Mark four twenty says, And he came home. Capernaum was his home, and... Uh, ministered there in many ways. He taught at the synagogue in Capernaum. There are the ruins of a synagogue in Capernaum today built on top of the synagogue where Jesus would have taught. Uh, Built a few hundred years after that, but built on the very synagogue that was there at the time of Jesus where he taught. The people of Capernaum saw Many great works of God. There in the synagogue while he was teaching, a man with a demon was presented, and Jesus cast the demon out of him there in the synagogue. Uh, News began to spread about him. Mark 1, 28 says, Immediately the news about him spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. There in Capernaum are the ruins of what is called Peter's house. Uh, Very early on, uh, a place that was supposedly the house of Peter's mother-in-law where Peter would have lived, where Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law is identified. There's now a church built over that site. Uh, Of course, it was in Capernaum where four men brought their uh, friend who needed healing and tore the roof off a house where Jesus was teaching. And a great crowd surrounded that house and they lowered their friend to Jesus. He forgave his sins and healed him. The people said, we've never seen anything like this. There was the healing of the centurion's slave, the raising of a dead girl, the healing of a woman with an issue of blood. The people in Capernaum Saw great, great things. So you would think that the people of Capernaum would have been totally followers of Jesus, but that was not the case. There were some, the disciples were there, but many did not. John chapter 6. The whole chapter talks about episode, several episodes in Jesus' life where he fed the 5,000, uh, where Jesus uh, left them, uh, the disciples crossed over the Sea of Galilee, Jesus walked out to them during a, a stormy night and uh, came on the boat, and the boat was immediately at the place where they were heading when the disciples had been un- unable to get To the shore where they were heading. Uh, And the people finally found where Jesus was and they followed him. And uh, when they got there and they saw Jesus, they said, Rabbi, this is in John 6, verse 25, Rabbi, when did you get here? They saw that he hadn't gotten on the boat and they wondered about that. Jesus' response was this, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on Him, the Father, God has set his seal. Therefore, they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? So it sounds like they wanted to be right with Jesus, but Jesus saw through that in verse 29 of John 6, he says, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate men in the wilderness. It is written, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. You see, they were looking for the bread that fills the stomach. Similar to what we see in John chapter 4 when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well and she asked, when Jesus said he had water that would make her never thirst again, she said, give me this water because she didn't want to have to come and draw water. But Jesus was talking about not physical water, but salvation. The, uh, the satisfaction of our deepest need for a relationship with God. Here Jesus was not talking about Bread made from barley or made from flour. He was talking about spiritual, supernatural food that comes through a relationship with Jesus. So they said, Lord, give us, always give us this bread. Verse 35 of John 6, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and do not believe. So Jesus told them, you've seen me. You're looking for physical bread. You're looking for miraculous signs, but you do not believe in me. That I have come, that you might have life, that I have come, that you might be Forgiven. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Verse 41 says, Therefore, the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. So they had referred back to to the manna that came out of heaven when Moses was taking the people of Israel through the wilderness. And they wanted something like that. And Jesus said, I am the true bread that comes out of heaven, indicating that he was sent by God for salvation of the world. And that the leaders of the Jews were grumbling about that. Verse 42 says, they were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph, whose father and mother we know, How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? Doubting him, questioning him. Jesus answered and said to them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him on the last day. Verse 49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Last week we observed the the Lord's supper and we took the bread and and the Jews representing the bread, representing his body. The juice representing his blood. Both of which he gave for us on the cross that we might have life. And, and here Jesus is saying, you've got to eat my flesh and, and do that. And the people were wondering about that. And Jesus was not talking about physically eating his flesh. He was talking about us Entering into a relationship with him, he would sacrifice himself on the cross and Jesus told the disciples When you eat this bread, you're remembering my body. When you drink this This uh, cup, you are remembering the blood which was shed for me Verse 52, then the Jews began to argue with one another saying, how can this man give his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is the true food, and my blood is the true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Again, Jesus pointing to his death on the cross, paying the price for our sins, and that anybody who takes up his cross and follows him becomes a disciple. But the people who heard this, and by the way, this was being taught in the synagogue at Capernaum, which we'll see in just in verse 59. Which says, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So these words about his flesh and his blood were taught there in Capernaum. Verse 60, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? So many of those who were following him from place to place called disciples, learners of him, not, not the 12, but the people who followed him said, this is hard. Who can listen to this? As they heard Jesus describing his death and, and us living off of his death, which is exactly what happened. And they said, this is This is a hard saying. They didn't understand or their hardness of their hearts would not let them understand. And verse 61, but Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, Does this cause you to stumble? What then, if you see the Son of Man ascending to where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that have spoken to you are spirit and truth, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray Him. And He was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to Me unless it has been granted from the Father. Verse 66, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. What a sad statement. Those who had seen these things, people from Capernaum, people from other cities, they had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him heal people. They had seen him cast out demons. They had seen him... Feed the thousands of people with, with two little fish and five loaves of barley bread. But now because he spoke some words about his death and about feasting upon his flesh, they did not follow him anymore. What sadness to see the thousands disperse and no longer follow him. And then Jesus left, with just a few who were to be faithful followers of him anymore. Sadly, this is still the case. There are those who when the going gets rough, they leave. Brother Dave at Friday night at uh, our homeless ministry was talking and he said, some people say, I will try Jesus. And when things get hard, They give up. We don't try Jesus. We accept Jesus. We follow Him. We believe in Him. We trust in Him. We eat His flesh and drink His blood because He died on the cross for us. And those who were not able to take this in, left, refused to follow Him. Verse 67. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? So he saw all the people living, leaving. And those few that were still there, he said, do you want to go as well? And Peter, verse 68, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the holy one of God even Peter even after making this confession would deny him just before the crucifixion but Peter understood Peter understood and was renewed in his following of Jesus so so, so many people saw so much and left in that. <clears throat> Even people in his adopted hometown of Capernaum. Some very sad words about Capernaum are found in Matthew chapter 11. And uh, starting with verse 20, Matthew 11 verse 20, he talks about some other cities. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done Because they did not repent. So many people followed him, looked at him, were amazed at him, told others about this great wonder worker, but they did not repent. And the key to being a faithful follower of Christ is repenting, turning away from our sin, accepting him as Savior. Verse 21, he said, woe to you, Chorazin, Woe to you, Bethsaida, two other villages nearby. Woe uh, for if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon were two cities uh, in current uh, day Lebanon outside of Israel. He said, if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which have occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in, that, in the day of judgment than for you. So seeing the miracles, hearing Jesus teach, that's not enough. It's repenting and giving him our all. And then verse 23, he speaks to his own people, the people of his adopted town of Capernaum. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades, for if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. He said this to his neighbors. He said this to some who most likely were his friends, people who had been there when he healed Peter's mother, people who were there in the synagogue when he delivered the man from the demon possession, people who were right there when the roof was torn off and the man was lowered in and Jesus forgave his sins and made the man walk again. Jesus said, It will be more tolerable in Sodom. And we know how wicked Sodom was. The terrible things they did. And Jesus said it will be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. For they did not repent. The people of Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum, they saw, they experienced these things and they were not changed. And that's the great tragedy that we can be exposed to Jesus, to his teachings in the word of God, to his speaking to our heart and us walk away unchanged, unrepentant, unforgiven. Oh, may we not be like those people. But may we be like those who saw Jesus, who heard his words and believed, who ate his flesh and drank his blood by accepting him as Lord and Savior and were forgiven because they repented. They turned away from their old life and turned to Jesus. Let's be repentant people. Let's be people who turn away from the old life and follow Jesus. People who hear Jesus' words and take them into our heart. Not superficial followers. The world is full of superficial followers of Christ. People who go to church. People who go through the the motion of worshiping the Lord. But their heart is far from him. Jesus died, not that we could have a religion, but Jesus died that we might have a personal relationship with the Father through Jesus, that our lives might be changed, that we might be forgiven, that we might be set on a new path, that we might spend eternity with him. Oh, would you follow Jesus and not be like the people of Capernaum, who saw miracles and were unchanged, who heard great teachings and were unrepentant. May we be those who follow truly our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And oh, Father, today may we each be repentant May we be true followers. May we be those who take up our cross and follow you no matter the cost. Oh Lord, if there are those here today that have never really trusted their lives to you, that have not repented, I pray that this would be a day of trusting in you, of following you, of experiencing eternal life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you need to do business with the Lord, if you need to accept Him as Savior, if you need to uh, make public your profession of faith, you've accepted Jesus and never followed Him yet in believer's baptism, we invite you to make that public today and follow Him. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Whatever God is saying today, would you follow Him? We'll be standing here at the front. As we sing our hymn of invitation, let's stand together.